Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, so we've got um, two really big stories today. Obviously, Kevin Durant making his son's debut, as you just heard in the Sports Center update. That's a real big one. And then, of course, you've got what happened out of the draft combine, the scouting combine today in the National Football League as it relates to Jalen Carter. The uh, Carter, I should say, the super talented defensive tackle out of Georgia that everyone expects to be one of the first four players taken in the draft and certainly was a guy who was going to be and likely still is linked to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, he was scheduled to make a media appearance today at the combine. He didn't because he is now facing an arrest warrant on misdemeanor charges for basically racing in a an accident that cost the lives of two people connected with the Georgia football program. This was in the hours after the celebration of their national championship. They were allegedly racing, and when one of them, two of them were involved in an accident, again, allegedly, Jalen Carter drove away from the scene of the crime and then misled police about it later. Alcohol was certainly involved in the two people who got killed. One of them blew, I think, a point one nine seven three times the legal limit, yep. I believe. And Jalen Carter allegedly drove away. Now, he released a statement denying any wrongdoing, saying he'll be exonerated when the investigation is made. And certainly, there's a due process that needs to be made here. But given that the scouting combine is going on right now, and given that the Cardinals are right in the middle of this conversation, this obviously impacts things very, sure. very dramatically. No, this is listen, I mean, it was a chance that if two quarterbacks went one and two, if Chicago traded the pick, you'd be sitting there trying to decide between Jalen Carter and Anderson. This is a definite red flag. You know, but you got to give this kid an opportunity to speak. The teams are going to talk to him. They will talk to him. They'll get the answer, ask all the questions. And if you're not satisfied with the answers you get, then you could either take him off your board or bump him down a little bit. Um, you know, yesterday I would have said that you should lean towards Jalen Carter. Today, just because of the red flag, I would lean towards Anderson. Listen, the thing you worry about more than anything else, like the charges are misdemeanor charges. He's not going to miss time and go to jail. He's, but the character issue, you wonder about the character. Did he drive away from the scene of an accident in which two people died? Was he drag racing cars, good car with a car going 100 miles an hour? Like, here's a kid who knows he's going to be a top five pick in the draft. Man, you just don't, I, I can't imagine what would make anybody want to do something that stupid mm-hmm. at, you know, at that time at night when you've got so much on the line, there's so much at stake. So the character issue becomes a big play here. Now, again, you know, but before you, you trounce on the kid and you rule him out, let's see what he has to say, right? He deserves his opportunity to be cleared if he says that he didn't do anything wrong. He deserves the opportunity to be heard from from the from the teams, and he he could state his case. He, here's what really happened, and you know if the teams are able to do their homework on him and they feel confident about him that everything's okay, then they can decide to draft him. And if they don't, then they won't. Rick Spielman is a former NFL executive, most recently the general manager of the Minnesota Vikings, and he was on CBS Sports today talking about how teams could potentially react to the Jalen Carter news. There's so many things that have to be answered and you have time between now and when that draft comes to get as many of those questions answered as possible but what happens next is once you get that information you're going to be in that draft room you're going to be talking to your scouts you're going to be talking to your coaches but most importantly you're going to have to talk to your ownership and you're going to have to make a decision with the news coming out today is it still worth us taking this player with the type of uh, situation that he's currently in. And that, okay, I'm glad he said that. 
because I think that is especially compounded with an organization like the Arizona Cardinals coming off of a year where nothing went right for them. Nothing went right for them. Can you like if you if you were coming off a year where everything went right for you and character wasn't an issue and you weren't worried about kind of the state of your organization, maybe you'd be more inclined to take a chance on Jalen Carter. He'll get a mulligan if he doesn't work out. To a certain extent, mm-hmm. where for the Cardinals, and, and not all of it was their fault, not all of it was their responsibility, but 2022 was a lousy year for the Cardinals across the board. I, I mean, They on, did have to fire two coaches. They did, yes. For, and, and character for issues, alleged character yep. issues, misconduct, things like mm-hmm. that. You had Hollywood Brown and his speeding. You had DeAndre Hopkins, the PED suspension. You, you, you had a lot of stuff that went down. Your tolerance. Who was the wide receiver that was that fell asleep at the wheel in Scottsdale at a red light? Who was that? It was Michael Floyd? Michael wasn't Floyd. It was all those years ago. Yeah. Michael Floyd. And, and I just I, fell asleep. Yeah. Like, at a light, just was just fell asleep. And I'm just I'm talking specifically about what happened last year. Just as your tolerance for such a red flag is a lot less now than I think I would be if you were coming off a year in which you didn't have some issues. You just weren't a very good football team. But because you're coming off of this year where you had some character issues that you had to deal with throughout the organization, your tolerance for taking on another might be really, really small if you're the cards. You just might not feel like dealing with that. And if that's the case, that kind of shrinks your options. Here's another one from Spielman this morning on, okay, you're a GM. What would you want to see from Jalen Carter going forward? Here's what he said. I'm anxious to see how he responds to these allegations. And, uh, you know, and a lot of times, maybe it's because of the lawyers involved or the agent involved, but they may say, I cannot make any comment at this time due to the legalities and the legal situation that I'm currently in. And you understand that. But as an organization, you're going to have to do everything and devote every resource you have to definitely get to the bottom of this because, God forbid, you draft this player and you draft him where he's probably going to get uh, picked in this uh, this upcoming draft and all of a sudden he's in jail the next two or three years, that's going to be, uh, that's going to be a problem. I'm really worried about he's going to be in jail for the next two or three years. Again, like even if he is guilty of these things, the charges are misdemeanor charges. I don't think like they don't carry yeah, I, I don't jail wanna, time. I don't want to speak for Rick, but I, I got the impression he was speaking about something, something else could happen. Okay, you're, you're probably right. You know, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Look, I think you know when he when he says you know you got to check in with your owner, like. You're right. I mean, the Cardinals, again, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but they once drafted Robert M. Kimdichie, but he fell like 25 spots. You know, and at that point, it was like worth the risk. It was worth the risk. The guy was projected to be the number one overall pick of the draft by Mel Kuyper Jr. And then he walks out of a window and he falls like 15 feet to the ground. They got to call the ambulance. He gets taken to the hospital. Like, what are you like? Like, there was some weird stuff going on there with Robert M. Kimdichie. It dropped him. Like, he, he, he plummeted down the draft boards. I don't, we'll see what happens with Jalen Carter, but the, the worst, like, it'd be great if the Cardinals were in a position where two quarterbacks go and then they have their choice between Carter and Anderson. They're in a really tough spot. If the Bears stay at one, take Carter, a quarterback goes number two, and then you don't, you can't make a trade. I mean, I mean, if Ander, if Anderson goes. If Anderson goes one, Anderson a quarterback goes, goes one, two, right? And it's either trade or take Jalen Carter. Right. right, that's like that's a scary scenario. It's right now, and like you'll you'll you will once you are done with all the interviews, you will have a you will be one way or another. There's no middle ground here. Okay, there's no middle ground. 
You're going to do this. Inter- you're going to interview Jalen Carter. And again, I would hire somebody to help me with the interview here. Oh, sure. I would. I would hire somebody to be able to ask the right questions and make sure that you get as much out of him as you can and try to read him a little bit like that. But you will do that interview and you will come out like, I will take him with my third pick or I won't take him with my third pick. Text us your thoughts on what the Cardinals should do about this. The FanDuel text line is open for you right now at 620-620. We get a chance. We'll read the best ones on the air. When we come back, one national NBA writer, whom we both like very much, says there are three true contenders in the NBA. Are the Suns one of the three? That's next. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, we're less than two hours away from Kevin Durant's debut as a member of the Phoenix Suns. Tip time is at 5 o'clock against the Charlotte Hornets. You'll hear that game right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. In a minor note for tonight's game, Terrence Ross has been ruled out with some toe soreness, so he won't play tonight. No he's Terrence got a sore Ross. toe. He's got a sore toe, apparently, so he's out with that. So no Terrence Ross tonight, but... Kevin Durant will play 5 o'clock. You'll hear it here on the flagship home of the Suns. Arizona Sports, you'll hear it on the Arizona Sports app, 98.7, all of that stuff. John Hollinger, uh, longtime NBA writer. He works for The Athletic. Uh, he used to be a member of the front office of the Memphis Grizzlies many years ago. Not many years ago, just recently. Um, was at ESPN for a number of years. Wrote a really long but really good story today on The Athletic website in which he asked the question, how many teams would you say are real, true, honest-to-goodness contenders right now. Using this as the bar, I have three teams that he says are honest, legit NBA potential champions. And the three are Milwaukee, Boston, and Denver. Okay, but he's using a formula to do that that gets absolutely thrown out the window with the Phoenix Suns. I agree. They just added Kevin Durant. I agree. The formula... And the part of the formula is, look, he says the past 26 champions and 45 of the 46 in the post-merger era had a top three record in their conference. Every single champion in NBA history was either a top three seed or a defending champion because he throws Golden State in the other one year they weren't a three seed. Okay. So... 45 out of 46 have been top three. And, and the even, Suns are not top three right now, but they could very well get there. They could. Now, and the Suns ultimately might fit that criteria when it's all said and done. But here's another one that they're not going to be able to reach. Of the last 43 champions, 42 won at least 52 games, prorated to an 82-game season. Um, the last year's Warriors just won 53. They just got in. The Bucks when they won it, just won 53 when you prorated it. However, those were the lowest totals by a champion since Miami in 2006. Every one of the 14 teams in between Miami in 06 and the Bucks in 21 won at least 57 games. The Suns are not going to win 57 games this year. But again... That criteria seems somewhat flawed when you consider... For everybody else, it's okay. (laughs) No, but it is. For everybody else, it's okay. For the Suns, it's different. It's hard to... Okay, what's a 57... You know, what are they saying? They won at least 52 games. Okay, figure out what that win percentage is, and let's see if the Suns' win percentage in the final 20 games is that. Okay, if the Suns go 12-8... and 
What's or or they go thirteen and seven? Like, See, how dare you ask me to do math in the middle of a? Second? I'm not, but, you, but I'm saying, like, if you want a real I gauge, my, here's my argument here: if you want a real gauge, you'd have to figure out what is the winning percentage of a, of a team that wins fifty two games and loses thirty, and say, okay, what do the Suns do in the twenty games with Kevin Durant? Because if their winning percentage is the same, then I think every, all of this goes out. I mean, this is this is really about looking at numbers that have been crunch, and it says Milwaukee is projected to land. 57 wins, two seed in the East. Boston, 57 wins, top two seed. Denver, running away with the West, projected to 57 wins. So he's saying that the history of this game shows that you need to be over 52 wins, 52 or more, and you got to be a top three seed. Those teams always end up winning the NBA Finals. A team like the Suns that's not going to win that many games and may not be a top three seed, He's saying it's never been done before. Nobody's ever won the championship with what the if the Suns end up as the fourth seed and don't get the fifty two wins that they they don't fit the criteria of a team that's ever won a championship. But how? I mean, there's no real examples or not a lot of examples of a player of Kevin Durant's caliber coming to a team that's also dealt with a lot of injuries. The reason why the Suns don't have aren't on pace for 57 wins is because Devin Booker and Chris Paul missed a lot of time. Yeah, I'm just figuring it out right now. Uh, Mitch did the math. 63% is basically the number you're looking for. 63? In terms of win percentage. Okay, so you got to go thirteen. You got to go 13 and 7. You got to go 13 and 7. That's exactly. I just I just did a, a ratio thing. You've got to win if you want to if you want to finish the season in your last twenty games on a fifty two win pace. You need to go thirteen and seven over your last very doable, 20. Very, very doable, very doable. They're healthy now, Durant. Let, let, let's you know knock on some wood here. We got to keep that. But um, he says Phoenix, the presumed next man up on most contender list because of his recent acquisition, Kevin Durant, is at twenty nine losses. So is Miami. Okay, there's a reason, right? There's a reason they're twenty nine. How many games has Devin Booker missed? How many games has Chris Paul missed? How many games has they, they've had a lot of injuries? Now, if they're healthy, then I think that goes out the door. If they're hurt, then sure. Like, if they're hurt, then I get it. Well, like, you know, they're not going to win. Yeah, and, and that's and, and to be fair to Hollinger, and we both like Hollinger a lot, um, he's he's basing a lot of these conclusions just off of straight win totals and standings and things like that. And, and that's and, and what he points out is that the other teams that you could consider to be contenders all have kind of a certain desperation about them. You mentioned Kevin Love earlier. The Miami Heat plucked him off the buyout market. He was terrible. Terrible. Golden he's State Terrible. Has a whiff of desperation right now. Curry's out. They haven't played the same. Clippers are desperate. They got Westbrook. Dallas is desperate. They went out and got Kyrie. LeBron James and the Lakers are desperate because everybody's hurt, etc., etc., etc. But he said Phoenix is desperate, too. Oh, yeah. He said that, there's, that the Phoenix Suns were desperate before they got Kevin Durant because Chris Paul was 37 years old. They went and added a 34-year-old to kind of add to their level of desperation. Like, there's, there's a whiff of desperation in making a move like that and going and getting a guy like Kevin Durant. Now, he said, if there are two teams that I would add to this list, I would add Phoenix and I would add Philly as the two teams that feel like if everything is right, they have a chance to win a championship. But you know what our producer Mitch did today? Mitch went back and looked at John Hollinger's article about this time a year ago. Mm, okay. Can I read something to you here? I would love it. Let me, let me read this here to you. Read it to me. Okay. So let me, this is a quote from a year ago, right before the playoffs started. Yes, don't so play let, dries. let me puff out my chest and state a very different proposition heading into this postseason. It's not wide open at all. 
Instead, it's Phoenix versus the field. The field part is extremely wide open, yes, but the Phoenix part sure as hell isn't. Any team aspiring to win this year's title almost certainly will need to defeat the Phoenix Suns to do so. So a year ago, he loved the Suns. But he, he loved the Suns but, but, and only the Suns. Who didn't? Like who didn't? He was. Who didn't love the Suns last year? Who did, like we all did. But uh, and I guess I'm I'm bringing that up to say, okay, so he's puffing his chest and he's saying Milwaukee, Boston, and Denver. Well, you know, a year ago he was saying the Suns, and they got bounced in the second round by Dallas. There, there's a, right. there's another element to this. I mean, like going into it, did anybody think Golden State was? Oh yeah, they're going to win the championship. No, of course not. They, last year? Last year. No, but there was fear for Golden State. You wanted to avoid them. That's why you were happy that you got Dallas. Just, yes, but I, I get they got they all got hurt, and they really didn't get everybody back until about, what, 10 games to go, five games to go, and then, of course, they put it together because they're Golden State. It's Kerr. It's Curry. Right. It's the, the whole crew. I'm not going to read too much into this, and I'm certainly not going to get locked up on win totals or where you finish in your can, conference. Can I, can I, put, I wanted to point something else out sure, about yeah. the Collinger column from last year. He says, we have 17 examples. Examples of teams winning at least 64 games and having the best record in the NBA. 11 of them won the title. So he's basing it on the odds. The odds were that the Suns were a 64-win team, had the best record in the NBA. 17 times that happened, 11 times the team won the title. I think Hollinger's very analytical. I do. I think he's very analytical. I think he looks at a lot of the numbers and crunches them. And last year, he kind of went with the Suns based on the fact that, hey, usually when a team does what the Suns did, they win the NBA championship. Yeah. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, what is James Jones hoping to see in Kevin Durant's debut tonight? Our exclusive conversation with the Suns president of basketball operations and general manager is next on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. and Gambo show on this Wednesday. Short show for us today. We're off the air at 4.30. We will step aside for Suns basketball. Pre-game coverage at 4.30. Tip time is 5 o'clock. The Suns and the Charlotte Hornets. We don't normally do it when they're on the East Coast like that. Normally we will kind of uh, direct you to ESPN 620 for coverage and a promise that we're going to keep you updated on the game here on the Burns and Gambo show. Eh, today's a little different. Special. It's special. It's a little special. And it does kind of have a special... Besides, I want to go home and watch the game. <laughs> well, that's the reason why we did it. That's exactly It right. was all for you. Also, I can't sit here to talk show also while the game's going on. How am I going to pay attention to that? Totally agree. 100%. So I want to go home. Yeah, I want to go home and watch Kevin Durant. Yeah, see what he does. Game. Yeah. Somebody night. has to take those notes, Gambo. Listen, <laughs> those notes aren't just going to take themselves, babe. That's right. <laughs> those, are, you know, those notes aren't just walking through the door tomorrow. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And then in the second quarter, Kevin Durant got the ball in the low post. Dribble, dribble with his right. <laughs> dribble, dribble with his left. <laughs> Jeez, this is your homework, Larry. <laughs> Campo, it's so good. You're a good sport about that. That's fine. Like this. Uh, yes, that's what you're going to get tomorrow. Right Cave got such a kick the other day because I had all my notes from the Suns Milwaukee game all written down every every play in the game, and he's like, "Oh my god!" You know, like like I was looking at my notebook. Like, well, yeah, that's, yeah, we've 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 all been there. We've all done that. We've yeah. all seen it before. Yeah, we know. James Jones uh, scheduled to join us. We'll give him a couple more minutes here, and then we'll uh, move on and talk uh, about the Cardinals and this report card that came out about them. Oh. 
Uh, yeah, it's uh, not ouch. good. Yeah, ouch. looks like my report card. Yeah, it does a little you bit. Know, that it, looks very much like my report cards. It, it, I didn't want to say it, but you did. So yes, oh. it did. It looked like a lot of your report cards from high school and from elementary school and things yeah, like I that. Actually, did a little bit better, to be honest with you. In some elements, yeah, I would yeah. say you did. Um, but this game tonight, now uh, again, we don't officially know who the fifth starter is going to be. No, and I just asked, and they they then they don't know yet. They're not. They're not. They're not. And they're not saying who the fifth starter is yet. Okay. So they want to, you know, and that can change. Obviously, it's been made you know very evident from Monty over the last week or so that it's going to be kind of matchup oriented. I, I have to think though, with the way he's been shooting the basketball, and I don't expect it to last the numbers that he's been shooting it. You're at. Big on a Kogi, but if Kogi's going to keep yeah. shooting the basketball, even kind of, sort of like that with mm-hmm. his on ball point of attack defense, I don't know how it can't be him. I think it's him too. You might have some ma- matchups where you want you know more a little bit more size and rebound. Uh, with Tory, but as far as an on the ball defender, somebody can you know that could guard Terry Rozier. Like that's a guy that with you with a Kogi. Okay, you know Rozier's a good player. I might want a Kogi there. Uh, it make that makes a lot of sense. Now listen, I don't know why they just can't announce it. I mean, what are you hiding? Like nobody's like, oh my God, a Kogi starting. We got a game plan for him. Like you know, well, what about Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul? Don't worry about those guys. A <laughs> Kogi starting. <laughs> Get me a game plan quick. How do we trap him and get the ball out of his hands? Yeah, it's not exactly Nobody's doing that. state secret stuff That's here, exactly. Right? I mean, tell us who's starting. Is it a Kogi? Is it Tory Craig? Let's go. It's not exactly the briefcase with the codes, right, to launch. The, it's, right. It's, like it's, it's, not, it's not that important. Uh, but they're making it like it's that important. And, and then, of course, the other thing to watch for tonight will be bench rotations and who plays with who and who plays how many minutes and who comes, you know, especially with Terrence Ross not playing tonight. He's out with a That's a temporary thing. He's got a sore toe. I don't expect he'll be out for very long, but that's going to kind of throw things off a little bit, too. And again, that speaks to the insurance that you're looking for. And by the way, I should mention this because it's March 1st. No word on Goran Dragic, so I'm going to assume that's a no-go because he would have had to have been rostered today if he was going to be eligible for the postseason. Yeah, I don't expect that they're going to make any moves and I'm just trying to you know, get clarification that I can say that the roster is set. They're not going to add anybody else. I mean, I would doubt that they are. Uh, look, Goran Dragic was on a team that's a half a game out of a play spot and they don't want them. <laughs> they don't want them. So, you know, you again, be careful what you wish for with these buyout guys. No but doubt. I would expect that they're not going to make a move. No, and you've been saying that about the buyout guys for a while, and I, I don't disagree with you. It's just, you know me, I just want as much insurance as I can possibly get for, for the things that I can't foresee happening. Right now, do I foresee the Suns needing Goran Dragic? No. Would I like them there just in case? Yes. I, I'd like a lots, lots and lots yeah. of guys there yeah. just in case for the emergencies that I can't foresee. But you have, a, I mean, you have a lot of coverage right now, okay? Yes, you do. You got a lot of, you got, you got one, you got an umbrella policy, you've got glass coverage, <laughs> you've got coverage on your tires, uh-huh. you know, in case your tire blows out, you've got coverage there, you got roadside assistance, you got rental car, you got free towing, like you got, you got a lot. Right now, like if your day burns as a as a Suns fan, you what what more coverage do you want? Like what more coverage do you want? Get a blowout, you covered. You need a tow, you covered. Windshield breaks, you covered. Get an accident because it was your fault. You got an umbrella policy. You good? You you got a lot of insurance policies. How much more insurance do you want? Point guard insurance. 
That's you the, want point that, guard that, insurance? That's, that's the only one. That's okay. the only one left. That's the only, only because of Chris Paul's age and campaigns missed a lot of the year with a foot injury. That's it. That's the that's the last bit of insurance I'd be looking for. Okay. All, All right. right. We'll we'll transition to Cardinals because I think we're hopefully going to get James Jones at three forty five now. So let's move on to the story that I know is getting some traction out there. Um, and I'm going to read a tweet from J.C. Treader. He's the president of the Players Association in the NFL. We know our jobs are unique, and for the first time, we're peeling back the curtain on issues that we talk about with each other but haven't organized in a central way. Why? To help players make informed career decisions and raise standards across the league. The Players Association in the NFL did a informal survey of all of the teams and all of the amenities that they offer all of the players on those teams. Grades, a report card. The only team that was worse than the Arizona Cardinals were the Washington Commanders. This is terrible. The Cardinals finished 31st in that ranking. This is uh, is not good. Treatment of families, they got an F, tied for 29th. Food service slash nutrition, an F minus, tied for 30th. It tied for last. Weight room, dead last, F minus. Strength coaches, they got an A, tied for 17th. Training room, they got an F minus, tied for last. Training staff, they got a B plus, tied for 22nd. Locker room, they got an F, 31st. Team travel, they got a B plus, tied for 12th. One, two, three, four, five Fs, three F minuses. Listen, this is, I mean, this, this is good that this is out. This is voted on by the players. Yes. This is voted on by the players. By the players. F in treatment of families, F minus in food service and nutrition, F minus in weight room, F minus in training room, F in locker room. My grades blew these away. My, gra- my grades are so much better than these. D's are better than F's any day of the week. Listen, this is a wake-up call for Michael Bidwell. It is. I mean, now you've got, you've, you've got something. This is what your players are telling you. Your players are telling you that, that it's, it's not, it's substandard. It's substandard. You have to treat the families better. You have to get better food service and nutrition out there. The weight room needs to be improved. The training room has to be improved. Like, there's a lot of stuff out there. The locker room. Like, this is what your players are telling you. This stuff has to change. Now, if you want to attract free agents and, you know, you want to be, you know, a model uh, franchise, these are the things you have to do. The Phoenix Suns put a lot of emphasis over the last few years into that, right? They got themselves a new facility, one of the best in the NBA. They upgraded everything food service and they did they did a really good job of of creating a better environment because if you have a good environment if your grades are good all across the board on these things players are happy okay players are happy they're happy and they tell other people about it but every player in the league is voting on this and they look at the cardinals and like that could be a factor in sometimes whether you get a free agent or not michael bidwell was on uh, bickley and murata last week as part of newsmakers week and at the tail end of an answer to a question that he he had about what he learned about his organization throughout the hiring process. Um, again, this is not in total context here. This is the end of a longer answer. But as part of that, what he learned about his organization, listen to his words here. Lastly, you know, where is this performance, player development, and sports science space today, and are we lagging? And where where do we need to make additional investments? And that that's, that's sort of the next yeah. area that we're really going to be focused on. And with this report card, you can see why. 
You know, you with this report card, you can understand why there needs to be emphasis on this. And and I I I hope it is a wake up call. You know, I, I hope it is. Sort of, it, I, I think back to when you and I were doing shows on Media Row for the Super Bowl, and was it the AQ Shipley comments that came out about the facility? Yes. And we were both like, oh come on, the facility's fine. You know, it's older, but they've poured a lot of money into renovating it. I I at the time I kind of dismissed it. I feel like maybe in retrospect we should have dismissed it as much as we had, not knowing how these grades were going to come out, how poorly they were going to perform in this regard. Clearly, there is work to be done by the Arizona Cardinals to change this perception about them and how the players feel about these facilities and what the what what are in them right now. You know, the training room got an F minus, tied for tied for last in the entire NFL. So, you know, that's you got to change that. You got listen. This is a player driven league. And you've got to create an environment that the players are happy and comfortable in because everybody else is. Everybody else is putting that money in. Now, again, this is voted on by the players. So, you know, this is probably a good wake up call for Michael Bidwell to say it. Look, I, I don't think they're, the organization is anywhere near what they used to be when they would send a FedEx package to a player back in the, you know, 90s. And then, you know, the player would get their check. And then in the check would be minus, you know, 1995 for the FedEx delivery. Or if you need, you know, if you, you needed, you had a hole in your sock, you need another pair, you would get another pair of socks and you to be charged for it. What can we expect from the debut of Kevin Durant tonight? We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. State of the Suns, driven by Sonic Drive-In. Mmm, Sonic. Burns and Gambo take you inside the Suns front office and talk with a key decision maker. Most weeks, that key decision maker is James Jones, president of basketball operations and the general manager of the Phoenix Suns, and he joins us for his weekly visit here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Good afternoon, James. How you doing today? I'm good. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Man, it feels like we've been waiting for this forever. It's been three weeks since you made the blockbuster trade for Kevin Durant. We were just talking about this earlier. Mikael Bridges has already played in six games, but we've been talking about Kevin Durant since the summer when the rumors came up that the Suns could possibly trade for him. So what's it like for you to finally have him on the court tonight playing a basketball game? Um, it's going to be fun. It's exciting for the team. I know everyone from the coach to the players, uh, KD most uh, most of all, uh, they've just, just been itching to see you know see him out there with the squad and and see how he plays. And I think it allows us to settle um, our rotation and and start to build towards uh, the playoffs because. We only have like 20 games left, and, and with 20 games, you want to definitely try to find a rhythm as soon as possible. Yeah, he's been out for a while with the MCL sprain. That's a knee injury, so he has missed a lot of basketball games. I know there is a a limit that, that you and Monty have discussed on how much he will play tonight. Let me just go over that from your perspective. What do you, what do you feel is, is an ample amount of time that Kevin will be on the court for tonight's game? Uh, we'll see. I mean, I'm not going to broadcast what we plan to do with him from a minute's perspective, but uh, we do know um, it'll be an opportunity for him to ramp up. You know, we just don't have the opportunity to practice. Uh, we had two days off, so we did get a chance to get into the gym and, and get up and down a little bit. But um, nothing can simulate game minutes. So we're gonna we're gonna like uh, go in with a plan and uh, and and adjust accordingly. There's always going to be sort of an adjustment period, a feeling out process. Everybody kind of getting used to each other. Do you expect, given how veteran these guys are and how long they've all been around and how smart they are, that it will be fairly minimal in terms of how much time it will take for them to all get used to each other? No, I wouldn't say that. I, I never try to, to forecast how long it'll take. Um, 
especially when you're talking about players uh, of Kevin's magnitude. Um, it, there's an adjustment period for sure, but I think um, what you'll see, where there won't be an adjustment is at the end of games. You know, at the end of games, if if the games are close, um, you know, if if we're in those situations where you know we need someone to take a shot. I think you'll you'll be pretty confident knowing it'll be either Devin or or Kevin, and that's that's, that's not something we've had in the past. Um, it, it's really been uh, Devin uh, pretty heavily. James Jones, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports. The game starts at five o'clock tonight. In terms of the bench and how things shake out, do you feel confident in the level of insurance that you have across all positions and the ability to go deep if you have to? I know you don't want to go too deep, but you've got a lot of guys who could play for if you had to. What's your confidence level and what you've got among your reserves? No, I mean we we like the group. I think we've we've added um, a lot of size, something that we were lacking earlier, and uh, some athleticism, as well as you know in game experience. Um, it's it's been good to see you know the versatility of our group with our wings and our forwards, um, and it allows us you know KD allows us to play really really big and and play some big defensive guys on the perimeter. Uh, so I'm 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 excited about what we can do uh, offensively. I know we'll be fine. Defensively, I think uh, we have a chance to, to to be special. James, players that are, are waived after March first are not eligible to play in that season's playoffs. Is it safe to assume that your roster is set now and that you won't be having any more additions? Possibly. Um, you know, I never say never. I just you know the season, how the season unfolds, uh, we don't know. Um, but as of right now, the group we have is the group we have. Let's talk about the and, and whether a decision's been made on on the fifth starter. You've got two, you know, two players. A Kogi has been fantastic for you, I and mean, what a great find! And and you know what Tory can bring to the table. Do you feel that it's something that we you'll mix and match depending on the matchup, or is it possible one of those guys can win the job outright in these final twenty games? Uh, that, that's a money question. I think the way this group is is built, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if we did go uh, situational. Um, that, that's never a bad thing when you have the ability to play situational basketball. Um, I think you know Josh has been tremendous over the last uh, few few games. He's had a, a great stretch. Tory's filled in and been been pretty good in, in a lot of stretches. Um, but then we have other guys on the bench, T. Ross. Um, so it's we we have options. You know, you know uh, T. J. could be a possibility. Uh, Damian. Uh, so I just I just like where we are as far as having the versatility to be able to, to match up with teams based on matchups if that's the way we go. The the emphasis with Josh is always going to be his defense. It's why you acquired him. It's what he's so good at. Do you need him to be this great offensively for him to earn that spot, or is the key to him the defense and how he plays it so he can at least somewhat replace what Mikel was doing out there? I know. I mean, I, we just need him to continue to play extremely well on both ends for us to be great. Um, I, I know we talk about the fifth starter. That's a, a great topic of discussion. Uh, but for us, we're, we continue to talk about the team and guys adding value and, and contributing to the team. And so um, an individual performance for him on the offense and defensive end could be a starting role, but it also could be um, something that if he were on the bench for us, that gives us a tremendous boost when you have a guy that can defend and score. So, um, we just need him to continue to play good basketball and, and continue to make the decisions about who plays really, really tough 
on me and, and the coaching staff. James Jones, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show, Sons of the Hornets, coming up at 5 o'clock. Let's talk about DeAndre Ayton. He is just wrapped up his best month of this season so far when you look at his numbers. Seems to me he's a guy who really stands to benefit from this new alignment and Kevin Durant and things like that. How how many opportunities do you think this creates for him in terms of open looks and what he can do offensively for you? I hope a lot. I mean, we've asked DeAndre to adapt uh, a lot this season. We've asked him to be a primary scorer, uh, to be a screener, anchor. Um, we just asked him to be extremely dynamic. And I think over the last month or so, he's figured out how to do all those things simultaneously. Um, I think adding Kevin uh, just creates more gravity on the perimeter for him to operate uh, in the paint and at the rim. So I know he's excited about it just because he gets a chance to to compete not just against a really great player, but with a great player. Um, and you, you add him with Chris and Devin and KD um, and the rest of our group, I think uh, it allows him to play at a different level. Now, we had Ish Wainwright on the show yesterday. Were you, did you know that you made Ish throw up when he found out <laughs> that he, he got the, the contract extended for the full season? I mean, if if, he'll, if he throws up and keeps making threes, I'm fine making him throw up every day if that's what it takes. But, yeah. um, you know, it's just, you know, it's just, it's epitomizes what hard work and dedication and, and what work looks like. Um, he's a guy that, that came in uh, with nothing promised. And to this day, he comes in every day, uh, one of the first guys in, one of the last guys out, and is always asking, what can I do for the team? And, you know, you have guys like that who – may not get recognized externally, but internally, you know, those are the guys that what I call are like the championship braids. You know, they keep the team together and they allow you to, to stay connected. James, you've always been a guy. If you're available, you're going to play. That That's always been your motto. If the guy's available, he's then he's going to play. But this year's a little diff- bit different because, you, you know, Katie's coming off of an injury and Chris has been injured and Book has been injured. You've had to deal with a bunch of injuries. So in these last 20 games, do you expect to manage that a little bit differently than maybe you guys have in the past? Do you foresee giving some of your, your key players not only time off on the court, but maybe just a day off? Like a, you've got three back to backs left in the remainder of the season. Is it is it likely that some of your key players aren't going to play all twenty games? I don't know. I mean, I, I would probably say we we manage it. Um, the the thought around players playing if they can play doesn't change for us. Um, you know, you can you can look at it a bunch of different ways. If a guy's in danger, we won't play them. But you know, we can't prevent uh, anything. All we can do is just try to manage where they are, and so. If it's a case of us still competing for something, um, you know, we're we're locked in the battle. I think there's three games that separate four through 12 or 13. Um, I'm not going to sit here 18 games or 20 games out and say what we'll do. Um, I think the schedule will dictate it because at the end of the day, you still want to be a top seed. You still want to host a home game. Uh, and if you can, you try to avoid the play in. So we'll let, we'll let the schedule dictate what we do, but, um, you know, if we're going 20 and 0, uh, that's fine. You've always been big on trying to get the best seed that you can. You've been telling us this for many, many weeks that that's still a priority. Even when we say the most important thing is health, you still want to make sure that the Suns are in the best seed possible. Will there be a heavy emphasis on the Sacramento games? They're the team you're chasing for the three spot, and you've got two games remaining against the Sacramento Kings. No, I mean, I, I'm not saying that you put more emphasis on one game or the other and that you try to chase it at all costs. All I'm saying is that you can never put yourself in a position where you say games don't matter. 
Um, it's easy to, to slip into that mindset where you're like, well, as long as we're healthy and we get there, um, but then you find years like this where things are really, really close, you think you can get there and you slip and end up being one game out. So it's a balance, a delicate balance that we strike, um, but we're not in a position to, to think about anything outside of the games that are in front of us because we are locked in the battle, a very difficult battle in the Western Conference. James, as always, we appreciate the time. Best of luck tonight. We're all going to be watching. We're all going to be listening. Thank you, sir. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, James. James Jones joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. When we come back, the Arizona Cardinals have filled out their coaching staff. We'll tell you who they hired next. The 4 o'clock reset coming up. Burns and Gambo.